I did a short introduction to this last week, kind of not because I really wanted to, but I told you I had a couple sermons inside of me, and I wanted to return to this idea of submission and obedience. I have used the term obedience a lot. Uh, some of my favorite verses deal with obedience. And it's a very important concept, but it's not the same as submission. And I tried to do a little short explanation of that last Sunday in, in context of everything else that we talked about, but I want to return to that today. We use these words synonymous. It means we use them interchangeably, but they're not at all the same thing. Well, they, they're close, but they're not the same thing. And really, I think if we want to get down to the root of this, the difference comes with um, what our internal thoughts are about how we respond to someone. And I want to try and as best we can to define these today. So let me start with obedience, maybe the more familiar to us. When we think about obedience, we think about following orders or commands, and we think about doing it from a sense of duty. Right? If we think about uh, someone who's in the military, they're given a command and, and they're expected to follow that because they're supposed to. That's what their duty is bound to do. So it's a compliance with the command of one who's in authority. Compliance with the command of one who's in authority. And they have to follow orders and commands. This is very important. Um, we all have things that we do. We all probably have people who are over us as far as giving us leadership and guidance, telling us what we're to do. We're supposed to be obedient to those things. It's a very familiar concept to us. But it doesn't um, guarantee that a person is willingly doing it. Does that make sense? It's very important that we understand the distinction here. I can be obedient to what I'm told to do and still not want to do it, but I'm still obedient. I think I've asked this question before. We'll just go ahead and bring up a real painful subject because it's almost April. How many of you, if tomorrow morning you woke up and uh, the U.S. got rid of all taxes, would go ahead and send your tax payment in, in, in April? No one's raising your hand. Got it. All right, so we are, <laughs> we are obedient, hopefully, please be obedient, to pay your taxes, <laughs> but we don't want to. You with me, right? Maybe that's the best explanation. Sometimes we do things even though we don't want to, right? Sometimes we will testify even we don't really want to, right? Sometimes we will do things that we don't really want to do. Again, that kind of comes down, as I said, to kind of the, this, the place in your heart of what you're, what you're thinking. Um, often we have little choice with obedience, or at least that's generally the way it is, right? We're supposed to do something. We're told to do something. We're supposed to pay a certain amount of taxes. We're supposed to be in a certain place at a certain time. We don't have a lot of choice over that. We can't change things. We can't uh, reject those types of things. Another example that maybe is uh, appropriate for many of us today is thinking about uh, students and children. Okay, this is a very important one where the Bible commands... Um, it says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Doesn't mean you have to like it, but it means you have to do it. And just so you know, the younger ones here, all of us who are older, we've all been there. 
<laughs> okay, we've all had those times when a parent or someone in authority comes and tells us to clean our room or to put the dishes away or to mow the yard or to milk the cows or, you know, whatever it is. We've all had those days and those times when we don't want to do it, but we do it anyway because we are to be obedient to our parents. The scripture tells us to, it is the right thing to do. So we don't obey because we want to sometimes, but because we don't have a choice. Okay, so that's obedience. Hold that in your thoughts, your mind for just a minute. Now let's talk about submission. Submission is similarly, we're yielding to uh, someone who is in authority, someone who has power, but this is done out of a sense of respect, if you will. The motivation's different. And so submission that we have in our, in our scriptures today, it's only mentioned a few times, actually 12 or 13 in the entire scripture. We get the word uh, from Latin, which means to let down, to reduce. And it gives us this idea that we're going to kneel before somebody, right? That we're submitting to them, that we're giving them the respect that they are due. We're yielding to their power and to their authority. And it carries with it this idea that we have a respect and a love for someone who has the power. And there's a genuine desire to follow. You may or may not know this. Since I mentioned taxes, I'll go ahead and mention the opposite of this. Uh, did you know that the United States is one of the, uh, like per capita, as, you know, as far as population, gives more money voluntarily to charities than like any other country in the world and second place isn't even close? Did y'all know that? We give money to the church as an offering. Now, I think we're supposed to, and sometimes we do that unwillingly, but the desire is for us to do it joyfully, right? Because it's something we want to do because we're wanting to help other people. And so it's different from taxes in the sense that it's something we do out of obedience. It's something we do out of submission in reverence for the one who is in authority. Does that make sense? And so we're beginning to kind of see these differences here. Uh, submission is a reaction and a genuine desire to follow instructions. Let me go back. I, maybe you're getting tired of these stories, and maybe I've been out of it for so long, people lose his context. But in 2006, when Brother John was awake at 2.30 in the morning writing that song, I was policing. And in 2006, um, or... Well, around about that time, I won't be too specific because I'm, I'm going to mess that up, but around about that time, I had a series of sergeants. And you have to obey the person who's your sergeant, who's your supervisor, right? And they tell you to go do this, I have to go do that. Tell me to write a report this way, I have to go do that. Tell me to, to follow these steps, I have to do that. You know what? Some of them I didn't like very much. Some of them I was not impressed with. They didn't do their job very well. But I had to be what? Obedient. And then there were a couple others. And I've told at least two of them this, and there's probably only about two I would tell this to. And I pulled them aside and I said to them, I said, uh, I would come about as close to following you right off of a cliff as almost anybody. You ever had a leader like that? Whether it's at work or at school or informal, right? Maybe a relative. Had somebody who you just trusted. Now, they weren't perfect, they also happen to be very devoted believers, but that's a different discussion. But I trusted them, and I submitted to them. And both of them, because as you, as you have figured out, I'm a little hard-headed from time to time. 
and it used to be a lot worse, <laughs> okay? But both of them, they were the only two people who could walk into a room and say something to me, and like, I'd go, oh, geez, you're right, because I was submissive to them. Not in like the way a dog, you think of a dog who like puts their tail between their legs and run away. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about I trusted them and had a desire to be submissive to them because I knew they had my best interest in mind. I knew that they could see things that I couldn't. And I wanted, right, I deep-seatedly wanted to do what they were going to do because I trusted them to carry the, the, the progress forward and whatever, whatever it was. Whether we were having to do some complex, very dangerous task or whether it was some mundane detail, I knew that they cared for me and I trusted them and I admired them and I was submissive to them. Many of my other supervisors, I was merely obedient to. Okay, so hopefully we have this, this in our minds. So now I want to talk about some of the times we've, we've read lots and lots of times the scripture tells us to be obedient. And brothers and sisters, there are times when we are to be obedient whether we like it or not. When the Bible tells us we are to do something, we are to be obedient to the one who is in charge. When the Bible tells us to not do things, we are to be obedient not to do those things, whether we like it or not. And you know what? You're not always going to like it. Let's just get that out there. Don't look at me and think that somehow I'm always happy because I do the things I'm supposed to do and don't do the things I'm not supposed to, etc. I struggle with this as much as everyone else here. But you have to be obedient. In fact, the scripture goes on, and I said some of my favorite verses. The Old Testament makes it very clear, and all the way into the New, to be obedient is better than to sacrifice. God wants you to be obedient. He expects it. He demands it. He deserves it. We are to do what God tells us to do and refrain from doing the things that God tells us not to do. That is being obedient like a child to a father. But beyond that, we are also supposed to be submissive. This is the hardest part for us because this is where like pride comes in. And when we think we know better and times in our life when things are going really well, it's hard to learn to be submissive. So who are we supposed to be submissive to? Well, first to God, James 4, 7, James 4, 7 is one verse. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Notice how those two things are linked. Submit to God and resist the devil. Now, I've said this time and time again. I don't want to re-preach past sermons, but take a look at how often our instructions with the adversary, with the devil, is either just to stand or to resist. We're not actually have to go out and fight this person because we're not going to win in that way. We are simply to stand and resist the devil. But if we're going to do that, we must first submit ourselves, therefore, to God, not to another person. Not to me, not to a church, but we are to submit to God. That means that we should be willingly, out of a sense of respect, giving over our authority to Him. And that's exactly where we don't want to let go all too often. Where else are we supposed to give submission? Well, that word, I said it's only used a few times. 1 Corinthians 16, 15 through 16. 1 Corinthians 16, 15 through 16. A little bit different context here. Near the end of the letter, 
Paul, the Apostle Paul is writing, I beseech you, brethren, you know that the house of Stephanus, that was in the first fruits of Acacia, and that they have addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints, that ye must submit yourselves unto such and unto everyone that helpeth with us and laboreth. Here's what I think the context and the explanation of this is. Brothers and sisters, we should submit to those who are leading in the ministry, whether it's abroad, whether it's local. What does that mean? I think it means that sometimes we're to be obedient. Yes, we're to, you know, uh, go and give service hours and to do things for folks or whatever. But it should come generally from our hearts, right, out of a sense of respect, not just duty, but out of a sense of desire that we should be supporting those who are proclaiming the gospel. And that happens inside the church. It happens outside the church. It happens just down the road. It happens at your place of work. Wherever we find someone who is actively engaged in the gospel, in sharing the good news about Jesus Christ, we should join with them out of a sense of submission and follow along with them. This is very important. Now, here's the next one. Some of you all won't like very much. Ephesians 5.22. Ephesians 5.22. Wives, submit to your husbands. I'm sorry. Wives, submit yourselves unto your husbands as unto the Lord. Now we could have a whole three or four sermons on this one. Men, before you get carried away, Even young ones, I want you to listen to me for a minute. You know the reason that so many women have a hard time with this one? Because so few men deserve being submitted to. Put that in your mind and think about it. Younger ones, as you get older, when you are submissive to God the way you should be, makes it a whole lot easier for your wife to be submissive to you. It's an order of progression. We, as men, have failed time and time and time again at this. The challenge is, it doesn't give the women a free pass either. So we've messed the whole thing up. But I do think it is important. It doesn't say wives obey your husbands. It says submit. Now, children are to obey. Children, whether you like it or not, you're supposed to obey your your parents. The wives are supposed to do it voluntarily out of a sense of respect for the one who is over them. I don't know that anyone here is going to run off and be all angry with me. And we can be upset if we want to about the way the scripture is laid out. But listen, what we see and we'll see shortly is that Jesus both submitted and was obedient to his father. But that didn't lessen the fact that Jesus Christ is God. This is not in a sense that that women are less than men or that we are able to rule over you with an iron fist or something like that. No, in fact, we are to love you the way that Christ loved the church, which means Christ gave up his life for the church. He was willing to die for us. And so we are called to be the same 
to you. And when it works well, it is beautiful and it is a picture of the relationship that God has with our church. Here's another one you may not like very much. Since I'm just stepping on all kinds of toes this morning. <laughs> Hebrews 13, 15. Obey them that have rule over you and submit yourselves, for they watch your souls as they that must give account, that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. This one's kind of deep. It has both, obey and submit. Who are we talking about? Your pastor. Now, just like with the last one I read, let's make sure that I read the rest of this. As they must give account. Y'all know that, right? This position that I currently hold within the church, I have to give account about someday. Think about that for a minute. That's something that, unless y'all are called pastor and preach somewhere, doesn't apply to you. Someday I'm called to account for everything that I've done with you, for you, by you, because of you. Good or bad. Right or wrong. Sufficient or insufficient. I am going to be called account to the things that I have, the ministration... The ministry that I've done to you, the way that I've loved you, the way that I've taught you, the way that I have preached, whether, again, I've done a good or a bad job, whether I've fulfilled the role that God has told me or not, I will be held to an account for this. That's heavy. I don't think we remind our preachers of this enough, to be honest with you. So I'm held to account, and it reminds you that you should obey and submit yourselves to those who watch over your souls. Now, again, we can go all way too long. and I'm just assuming some of us are sitting here thinking, well, I don't like this. This feels uncomfortable. What if he tells me to do something I don't want to do? Let's not make it too complicated. Let's understand that just like with wives and husbands, I am called to be obedient and submissive to God. And when I do that in fulfillment of the duties that God has, has given me, then we should all work together to accomplish this. And I shouldn't rule it over you. Does that make sense? I shouldn't come down here and say, well, it's my way or the highway, because that doesn't work either. So we must work together for this one. Two more examples. 1 Peter 5.5. 5. 1 Peter 5.5. 5. Likewise, you younger, submit yourselves to the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another, be clothed with humility, for God resisteth the proud and gives grace to the humble. And here we see uh, the tying in together of why we struggle with this so much. Pride and humility, Right? We don't like those things. We don't want to do those things. We don't want to have someone else tell us what to do. But the scripture makes it clear that we are to submit to our elders, to those who have more experience than we do. This is very important and something that I think too often we just neglect and forget about. Our culture as it stands today is not one that really 
I'll just say it puts a lot of value after a certain age, does it? Because we tend to value what younger folks, quote-unquote, can bring our society. But here's the reality. There is tremendous wisdom and experience and love in those who are ahead of us for the generation that is to come. And we need to be submissive to them. doesn't mean they're always right. It means that we need to voluntarily seek out and listen to what they have to say. And when we can, put it into practice and have them encourage us and guide us. Because why? Well, for a number of reasons, they've been where we're already at. I've told this story a number of times. I'll just mention it one more time. Y'all can laugh at me again. It was at least twice when I had very young children that I called my mom on the phone. She said, hello. And I said, hey, mom, I just want to call and say I'm sorry. (laughs) There was a pause, and she's like, for what? I was like, just, I'm sorry. (laughs) And she laughed. She goes, oh, honey, you are worth it. Um, Here's the point of that. I would be foolish myself to not be submissive to my mom and my dad. Because they love me. In the same way, as we think about the community of believers that are here together, as we think about those who are in the church who have sometimes decades and decades of experience beyond what I have experienced, I would be ridiculous not to submit to what they're going to tell me about life and the advice that they're going to give me. Especially our saints who are close to God. Brothers and sisters, we should voluntarily be out of respect, giving a listening ear and responding to what our elders have to say. And lastly, and perhaps this one's been used inappropriately, Ephesians 5.21, or back in Ephesians 5, submit one to another out of reverence for Christ. Submit one to another. Now, Brother Ben, how do we decide who's right if everyone's submitting? I heard a really wise preacher say one day, um, talking about business meetings. And he said, uh, he said, democracy and a church should not be the default. He said, unity should be. So we vote on some things, and that's fine. That's how we do things. But the goal should be what? Unity together, right? All one mind and one accord. All striving together for the same purpose that Jesus Christ has laid out for us. All in agreements as much as possible. So brothers and sisters, as believers, we should be submitting one to another out of our reverence for Christ. You see how Christ is brought into this. And so it's this idea that out of love and respect for one another, we should consider them higher than ourselves. Which means gossiping has no place. That means lying about another believer is gone. 
That means helping another believer, whether that's financially or physically or spiritually or in some other way, is absolutely necessary. And it also means that it's good for both people. We are to consider one another and to submit to one another. I'm going to go off on a tangent here real quick just for a second. And I feel like I'm going along today, so I don't apologize because I keep getting yelled at for saying that. But it is what it is. Uh, Submitting one to another uh, means sometimes that we have to accept that someone else is submitting to us. And I'm just going to go ahead and go out on a limb and say some of you in this church have a real problem with that. Let people love you. Let brothers and sisters rightfully submit to you to come alongside you and give you honor, to come help you, to come be with you, to come do things with you, to pray for you. You have to be willing to have someone submit to you. And some of us need lessons in that. Okay. So we've talked about obedience, which is done out of a sense of duty to someone in authority. We've talked about submission, carries a similar idea, but it's done out of a sense of respect that we're going to trust and believe and respect the one whom we are giving this to. We've tried to highlight the differences between being obedient when we don't want to do things and that the scripture tells children to be obedient in particular. And we've talked about submission and how we're supposed to be first submissive to God, submissive to our spiritual leaders, to those who are engaging in, in, in the ministry, to wives, to their husbands, to the elders, and to each other. And we've mentioned that that goes both ways. So let me talk about Jesus for a minute. Jesus was both obedient and submissive. Remember we asked last week, and uh, Seth provided one for me, what would Jesus do? Thank you. Jesus would be submissive and obedient to his father. If you want an example, this Luke 2.51, Luke 2.51, you'll recall this is, they'd gone to uh, the temple and Mary and Joseph had come back. Jesus was young and they couldn't find him. And they went back and searched everywhere for a couple of days. And they finally found him sitting in the temple and he was teaching at a very young age, 12 or so. He was teaching. Let that sink in for a minute. This was a 12-year-old who was teaching the lawyers and the priests and the most important people at the temple in Jerusalem. And he's sitting there teaching them. And yet, the scripture reveals, Luke 2, 51, they, they went and they got him. They said he went down with them as in coming, coming back and came into Nazareth and he was subject to them. He submitted to them. Not because he had to, even though he was ordered to by law, out of respect for them. Similarly, talk to the young ones here again. There should come a point in your life when you transition from obedience to submission to your parents. Does that make sense? There comes a point when you realize, you know what? My parents actually know a little bit more about this thing called life than I thought they did. And I should be obedient to them. 
and submissive. You see, Jesus Christ was not only obedient, I just want to clarify something, he wasn't wrong for what he did. It's not saying that he was not submissive before. What I'm saying is that he returned to his parents, and until God called him into his ministry a number of years later, he was submissive to his parents and obedient as required. Perhaps the most important way that Christ was both submissive and obedient is in Philippians. And I'm just going to read Philippians 2, 1 through 11 again, as I did last week. Such a powerful passage. Philippians 2, 1 through 11. If there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies, fulfill you my joy, that you may be like-minded, having the same love being of one accord and of one mind. Let nothing be done with strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own thing, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Jesus Christ. Here it comes. Who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of a cross. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name, which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, things of heaven and the things of earth, and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Jesus Christ was obedient to what his Father told him to do, even death on a cross. Another verse that I read last week about this was Hebrews 5.8. Though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. Do you know when it's really easy to be obedient? When everything's going well. You ever thought about that? It's a lot easier to be obedient when things are going good. You know when it's really hard to be obedient? When you have to do something you don't want to do. When your life falls apart around you. That's when you learn to be obedient. That's when you enter into the hard times, whether it's something you caused on your, brought about yourself or something that you didn't bring about yourself, and you have to learn by experience to be obedient. As I said, I was really hard-headed younger, and I'm slowly learning. I'm not there yet. Still struggle a little bit. We'll get there. But the point is this. We, through our life experience, learn to be obedient. Here's a question. What are you being obedient to? Because we can give ourselves to all types of things. We can give ourselves over and be obedient to another person who doesn't deserve it. We can be obedient and give ourselves over to our phones, 
to the internet, to drugs, gambling, fill in the blank. What are you being obedient to? Are you learning to be obedient to him or to something else? The experiences that we're going to have in life are going to teach us if we're willing to be obedient, which is part of why we have to submit to those who have gone through these hard times before, especially if they've learned to be obedient. So does this mean that Jesus wasn't obedient or wasn't submissive before all of this or that he didn't want to die for our sins? I don't think that's exactly what it means. In fact, Hebrews 12 and 2 says that Jesus, who for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross. That's what I told the children this morning. If you've never picked up, and I've said this before, but if you've never picked this up, listen to what it just said. For the joy set before him endured the cross, was obedient to death on a cross, was obedient to being separated from his father. What was that joy? You. Y'all have heard the song, right? When he was on the cross, I was on his mind. The joy that was set before him was being reunited with every single person who has been separated from God, which is every single person. The joy that was set before him, the thing that drove him to obedience, to learn to be obedient and to be submissive to his father, was not only that he was ordered to do so, being the son, but because he knew that by being obedient to death, even death on a cross and enduring separation from his holy father would bring us together. This is why you are Important. This is why God loves you, because he looked ahead to joy that was set before him, and that is you. Do you think about yourself that way? Do you think about what joy he must have had when you finally believed? Do you think about what joy he's going to have when you finally cross that river as we sung about? Or do you think Jesus is going to be disappointed when you get there? Listen closely. I think some of us feel that way, don't we? Some of us are disappointed in our own obedience because maybe we failed. Jesus, when we finally come before him, isn't going to stand there and cross his arms and scowl at us. That's not the way it's going to work. The way it's going to work is finally. Here. I died for you. I don't care about how many times you think you messed it up between the time you were saved and the time you got to be here. What I care about is the fact that you are finally here. You were the joy that is set before me. You is what I was thinking about when I was obedient to the Father, obedient to death. You are what I was thinking about when I submitted to what God wanted me to do. You are the reason that I came and I died for you. Welcome home changes our perspective. It should change our perspective. And that level of obedience should lead us to what? Submission. Remember I told you the story about the supervisors, one who I would be obedient to because I had to be, and the other who I was submissive to because I respected? Oh, brothers and sisters. (laughs) Jesus Christ should be somebody we respect 
not just obey. We should desire with every single bit of us a man who would come and die for me when I didn't deserve it, before I loved him. In fact, when I hated him, when I was his mortal enemy and would come and give his life for me, I should be submissive to him with everything I have, both now and in the future. I should want to. Why? Out of respect, because it dwells up inside of me to be more like him. Don't think it was easy for him either. Again, thinking about the time that we celebrate his death and his burial and his resurrection. Let us not forget what's recorded in the book of Luke. He went to the garden knowing what was getting ready to happen. And just so we're clear, this big nail that I used this morning I don't think this is what he was afraid of. Always going to hurt. Hurt like nothing any of us have ever or probably will ever experience. Crucifixion was literally designed to be the most painful death possible. And the beatings that went before it were just as bad. But what he had to endure what he knew, what he was begging to not happen was the fact that he would be separated from God and that God would place my guilt on him. Certainly the physical attributes and the pain is part of it, but even worse than that is having to bear the sin of the entire world. I was thinking about it this way this week. You ever done something and really regretted it? Like, I mean, really bad. Like, just, just pick one thing in your mind. Something probably popped in your mind, right? I mean, it did with me, right? That I said something or did something, and I was like, ooh, that hurt. And it hurt, like, way down deep here, right? Does that make sense? Most of us, if we've lived a few years, have had multiple things like this. And we're like, that was, that was bad. Not, not so much like maybe there's consequences, but like, ooh, that, that, that hurt, way down in there. Now, multiply that times everybody who's ever lived and all the times that we have committed those sins and place that on Jesus Christ. And it's no doubt that he goes to the garden and as he's praying, the scripture says that he sweat drops of blood for what was coming up because he knew that he had to be obedient and submissive to his father to take on all the sins of the world, but did it for the joy that was set before him. He is the ultimate example of obedience and submission. Because you know what he said in the end? It's not my will, but yours. You see, if he just stopped short and said, well, it's not my will, but I have to. No. He wasn't just obedient. He was submissive. Because he knew his father was right. And he knew why he was there. He knew what he had to do. And with a sense of inner deep knowledge and understanding, he was going to be submissive. It wasn't as he didn't want to do it and did it anyway. He did it because he wanted to. He did it out of love and joy for us. 
What a great example of obedience and submission. I wasn't really sure how to end today. Other than to say that we too must be obedient and submissive. Young and old, there will be times in our lives, and it's not just when we're young, it gets, happens when we get older too, that we don't want to do what we're supposed to do. And there will be times in our lives, both young and old, that we want to do what we're not supposed to do. And there'll be times that we just have to be obedient, whether we like it or not. Sometimes we just got to pay taxes. Sometimes we just have to do what God tells us to do, whether we like it or not. I've mentioned this before. There are Sundays I don't want to be here. Just so y'all open the book and see it for what it is. But I am obedient to be here, whether I want to be or not. But what God really wants is submission. And when I look past a couple of those Sundays every once in a while, when I just don't want to get out of bed in the morning, or I don't want to be here, I don't want to be in charge, there is a love for you and a love for what God has called me to do that leads me into submission because he is worthy to be submitted to. Because I can totally trust what he has for me. Because I don't have to question whether or not he has my best interest in mind. Because even if I don't think it's in my best interest, if it's in God's best interest, it's right. And that comes back to the idea that we don't like this. We don't like to submit to each other. We don't like to submit to God. But brothers and sisters, it's what we are called to do. We obey him because we love him. We submit to him because we love him. In the book of John, Jesus answered and said, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. See, the Pharisees, I'm coming to a conclusion, the Pharisees were really good at being obedient. They counted how many steps they would take on the Sabbath to make sure they didn't take too many. They, they tithed on their mint and spices. Imagine trying to pour out like a tenth of a tablespoon of pepper just to make sure you tithe on it. That's how obedient they were. But they were not submissive. And brothers and sisters, young and old, you can be here today and be as submissive, I'm sorry, obedient to God as you want to be. I told you, I've told you my testimony. I was a good, quote unquote, young man. I really was. I was obedient to my parents most days, for the most part. I mean, seriously, nobody would have looked at me and thought, oh, I don't know about that stickle kid. Right? In fact, they did the opposite. I was obedient. I went to church all the time, every time, early and late. I was about as obedient as your average teen could be. But you know what? I was never submissive to my God until 1999 when God finally showed me that I was not loving him. That's the moment that changed my life. Because I finally went from being obedient on the outside, whether I liked it or not, to being submissive on the inside. 
to finally coming to him and confessing, I have messed this up. And I trust you, no matter what you have in store. So the question today is, are you simply being obedient on the outside like the Pharisees, counting your steps to make sure you're doing what God wants you to do? That's a good thing. It's not wrong. They were right to do that. They were right. Where they missed it, and Jesus pointed this out, you've missed, as he says, the weightier portions of the law. In fact, you've left out justice and mercy and love. For who? For him. You've not been submissive. And so for those of you who today maybe have a heart that's obedient, it's time for you to submit. For those of you who have a heart that is disobedient to God, it's certainly time that you submit. And for those of us who may have realized that I'm obedient and I'm submissive, but there's room for more. This is a time for us as well. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. All of us need to have more obedience and to be more submissive. Some of us need to be for the first time. And others need to continue to pursue him. i read that again as we close. And we'll have a song. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw close to God, and he will draw close to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded that, that drawing close to God, that's a really important part that we leave out a lot. If we will simply try to be closer to him, he will be closer to us. But I warn you, if you only do it out of a sense of duty, well, I tried that for years. It didn't work very well. I had to finally submit to him. And I don't think it's any coincidence for me that when I finally submitted, I was on my knees. You don't have to be, but I think I did. A couple hundred other people walking past, probably looking at me thinking, what is this kid doing? I was the only one there, me and Jesus, when I submitted. What is keeping you from submitting? 